Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction coming to you every weekday to help you know you're not alone on your journey of faith. Great to have all of you with us on the program today. And today it's all about our relationship with Jesus. Who is he in your life? And how would you describe your relationship with him? A lot of people talk about a personal relationship with the Lord. Is uh, your relationship with Jesus personal or Maybe not so much. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director back with us once again, Father Jeremy Plouffe. Father Jeremy is a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud, Minnesota, pastor of three parishes there in the diocese. Father Jeremy, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm very well, Chuck. Happy Advent. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy Advent to you as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, this uh, this program today as we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus, of course, as we do every day. We'll invite you and our listening audience to join in the conversation. And how would you describe your relationship with our Lord Jesus? We'll uh, open those phone lines up here in just a moment and get uh, get you involved in the program as well. But Father Jeremy, get us started. The importance of having a personal relationship with Jesus. Talk to us about about that, if you would. Sure, sure. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about this topic. I think it's something that that might be maybe not in the forefront of a lot of uh, Catholic minds out there. Uh, and I know when I was growing up, uh, I, I didn't really hear any of my Catholic friends or, or my family uh, talk in, in, in these kind of words. I would hear friends of mine who are not Catholic, who are Christians in Protestant places, uh, talk about that. But as as with pretty much everything, you know, sometimes uh, non-Catholic Christians try to say like, "Hey, we came up with this," or, or "This came from you know our separation from the Catholic Church." But the idea of a personal relationship with Jesus uh, not only is deeply, deeply rooted in in the Catholic faith and in Catholic tradition, but it's it's biblical as well, and, and so. I, I like to frame it in, in just where it fits in with the context of the whole faith. And so I, I want to start with these, these kind of goofy-sounding terms, but they're, they're so important. So they're, they're Latin, as all things are in the Catholic Church. There's what's called the fides qua and the fides que. Now, the, the fides qua, that's, that's that personal relationship with Jesus. That's the, what do, how do I relate to the Holy Faith? What's my relationship with Almighty God? And then fides que, that's the larger context of how does that fit in with the whole faith of the Church, doctrine, dogma, and other people's personal relationship with Jesus. And, and this is so important to properly understanding how your relationship with Jesus works, because I think all of us could easily get uh, trapped into thinking 
uh, you know, what I've just come up with on my own is, is right, and you can't tell me that I'm wrong about this uh, or that. Uh, and, and, and certainly, you know, when we have our own friendships with, with our friends in, in normal everyday life and in our personal relationship with Jesus, that, that is unique to us. But we, we always have to test that against reality. So, you know, lots of times priests hear things like, you know, members of the parish might say to us, well, I prayed about it and so I know it's right. I'm like, well, I'm glad you prayed to Christ. I'm glad you spoke to Almighty God about what's concerning you and what's going on in your life. Uh, but, of course, your relationship with Jesus, uh, it, it's, it's in line with Christ's relationship with the whole church and with the whole faith. So to, to kind of buckle it down as, as clear as I think I can make it, your personal relationship with Jesus, uh, it, it kind of boils down to its Second Corinthians. In Second Corinthians 5.17, uh, St. Paul says, Whoever is in Christ, is a new creation. The old things have passed away and new things have come. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And that's your personal relationship with Jesus. When you are a Christian, when you're acting as a Christian, you are something new and different. And, and your personal relationship with Christ makes you different than you were before. And, and that's where I get really excited about, yes, this is different. I'm different than I was before because I have a relationship with Jesus. But I always make sure that when I'm at prayer and I'm listening closely to what God has to say to me in prayer, that I'm balancing that with what St. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians this time, 1 Corinthians 15. St. Paul reminds us, the faith that I hand on to you is what I myself received. And so it's not just that our faith is personal. Here's what I think or what I believe or what my relationship with Jesus is teaching me. It's also about the faith that we have received that goes all the way back to the apostles. Hmm. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director talking today about our personal relationship with Jesus. Let's open up our phone lines, invite you and our listening audience uh, to join us. It's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Don't forget you can email us, Life at relevantradio.com. But as you think about uh, your faith, uh, your relationship with Jesus, how would you describe that, and especially in light of what's going on in the world? Has the chaos and uh, maybe uncertainty in your life brought you closer to the Lord or maybe forced a wedge in your relationship? Of course, the other question is, when did your relationship with Jesus become personal? Toll-free, if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. And Father Jeremy, talk a little bit more, if you would, about... Uh, I just remember being asked by um, well, a friend, uh, a non-Catholic, a Christian, a very strong Christian, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And I remember maybe hearing that for the first time, I really kind of felt a little threatened, to be honest about it, because I'm sitting there thinking, well, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> maybe I don't. <laughs> but um, is I mean, it's a really good question, and it really forced me to, to really look at, at what my answer was. But there was a, a bit of, uh, I, I guess maybe I did feel threatened when I first heard that question. You know, and, and I share that with you, Chuck. I, I, I felt the same way when I was in high school, and, and, and friends of mine who are non-Catholic Christians would, would, would throw that out there uh, and say, I don't think you, Jeremy, have a personal relationship with Jesus like I do. 
and and I, I felt that same way. Like I felt off center. I felt like, well, wait a minute. This this terms I'm not familiar with. I thought I was doing what the church wanted me to do, and I thought I was strong in the faith. Uh, but this it, it seemed to be this jab that uh, I wasn't ready for. And so uh, at first, in my own experience, I, I thought I needed to do something different, um, as opposed to just evaluate. Well, is that part of what I'm doing? But I, I, I the way it was framed to me by my friends, anyway, my friends who are strong Christians but uh, not Catholic themselves, um, it, it, I share that experience with you, Chuck. Yeah, I, I felt threatened, off-center. I, I felt it like a jab. And so um, one of the things that I had to learn, uh, and, and this is so uh, my entire experience with the Holy Faith, is that all of these concerns that are thrown at the Catholic Church of, like, how are you guys accommodating that or how are you accomplishing this, these questions really were answered by the Church right away uh, at at the beginning of the Holy Faith. And, and in addition to what I said earlier from St. Paul, where he said, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, I, I would also point us to uh, the first reading for Mass just this morning even, which is from Isaiah chapter 45, where uh, Isaiah talks about, with the Lord are deeds and power. And, and he, he's talking about when you're plugged into Almighty God, whether through prayer and when constantly talking to Almighty God and even making your life center around how the Church views the world, it, it's one of these things, it, it's, it's just part of who you are. It becomes part of who you are. Well, and then what are some things we can do, uh, Father Jeremy, in terms of fostering our relationship with Jesus, certainly in the Eucharist. I mean, let's uh, be honest, we believe, and uh, a lot of us know very directly that our Lord is present in in the Eucharist. But how can we foster our relationship with Jesus? Sure. You know, there, there's this great phrase of, of just taking interest. You know, adoration is a huge part of it. And one of my classmates from seminary would always say that he always writes his homilies during Eucharistic adoration, which took me by surprise. I thought, well, how can you do those two things at once? And uh, my, my friend, Father Gerard, my classmate, he would always say, if the homily turns out to be good, I know who to give credit to. And if my homily turned out bad, I know I wasn't listening, listening closely enough, which is a great, great turn of phrase. And, and that taken interest in Almighty God, it, it's what we do. I mean, I, I think of all sorts of friends of mine from all sorts of areas, where maybe they're, uh, you, know, you have to take an interest in them uh, to maintain that friendship. And, and for us, too, uh, taking an interest in Almighty God, it's not just, well, I'm waiting for God to show an interest in me. <laughs> God has been showing an interest in humanity for millennia. For countless centuries, God has been taking an interest in humanity and chasing after us, even. And so uh, our personal relationship with Christ, right, take an interest in Him as well, our job, take an interest in Him. Adoration is a huge part of that, making sure we pray all the time. And, and even just in the practical things of what can I do in my everyday tasks at work, at home, at school, with friends, to make sure Christ is very much part of this, rather than saying, well, you know, I'm not sure how other people feel about Jesus. Well, bring Him into the conversation, even if we're just sitting around watching a game with our family at home or Hopefully soon we can sit around with lots of friends and watch a, watch a good football game or something. Bringing Christ into all of those moments and then bringing it back to him at Mass, at Adoration, those are huge. 
Yeah. Well, and then uh, talk about, if you would, I mean, we talk about any relationship. It's always a two-way street. We have to do our part. But I've, I'm reminded of uh, of this. Uh, you've heard it. I'm sure many of our listeners have heard it as well. But if you don't feel close to Jesus, uh, the question is, who moved? <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> it was me, right? <laughs> I, I haven't heard it that way. That That's a good way of putting it. That, that That's a good way of putting it. Exactly, exactly. Christ is always reaching out to us. And, and, and I think that's even a better way of what I was saying earlier, Chuck, of, of that, you know, take an interest. You know, Christ is always there ready to chat with us. And so often we're just upset that things aren't going our way. And, and I agree with you 100%. Friendship, even with Almighty God, it's a two-way street. Uh, and, and, and that's where the Church has that, that really great idea of the word and. And we talk about faith and good works, scripture and tradition, and if I can add in mine today here, that fides qua and fides qua, the personal relationship with Christ and the objective doctrine and dogma that the Church hands on to us. I mean, these practical things of like, hey, it's not just about God, give me what I want. It's like, hey, am I interested in giving Christ what he wants too, that two-way street that you're talking about, Chuck? Well, and I think it's uh, important to re- re- remember that. And I want to get into a, a little bit later in the program, just in terms of how we uh, react uh, to uh, to the Lord. That uh, sometimes we don't think we can be upset. <laughs> I mean, it's it's God for heaven's sakes. Let's, uh, we, but 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 we can be. It's all part of I think just the honesty of who we are as followers of Christ. That in that relationship, yeah, we are going to get miffed. We are going to have questions. We are going to wonder where He is. We're going to do all of that, aren't we? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I think of I think of it's it's easy to fall into to to one side of the coin or the other, uh, as opposed to seeing the balance. The church is always seeing you know the, the both sides of that coin. So you think of like in Ezekiel, Holy Prophet Ezekiel in chapter eighteen, he's talking about uh, the common thing for humanity to say is the Lord's ways are unfair. And the Lord might respond to us, well, hey, are not your ways unfair? Are you not just expecting the Lord to be some sort of a lottery machine or a slot machine where it's I put in my coin and I get what I want? But then, then the other side, too, of just like in recognizing, you know, maybe I am mad. Maybe I am upset at Almighty God. You know, maybe there's something real to that. And that also is important to us as Catholics, and it's important to the Church, too. Because not only, as you said earlier, Chuck, about, well, who moved? If, if it seems like my friendship with Christ isn't really here, it's like, well, maybe I'm the one who walked away. But also in my anger, maybe then I can recognize if I didn't get what I asked God for, or if in divine providence my situation is rather difficult or frustrating or even aggravating, we can use that to say, like, okay, what might God be nudging me towards here? Maybe there's something even in my own heart that needs more conversion. And so it's both sides of that coin that the church is interested in. And, and like I said, you know, and, the word and seems to be the most important word in Catholic theology, scripture and tradition, faith and good works, your personal relationship with Christ and the objective doctrine uh, of, of Christ's relationship mm-hmm. with us. All of these things, so, so important to having a real, authentic friendship with Christ. 
We are talking today about our relationship with Jesus, and how would you describe that, and especially in light of the craziness that's going on in the world these days? Has the chaos, the uncertainty brought you closer to the Lord or maybe forced a bit of a wedge in your relationship? And the other question, which I'm going to ask Father Jeremy, is when did your relationship with Jesus become personal. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director. If you would like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, Chapter 7. Verses 18 through 23. At that time, John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? When the men came to the Lord, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? At that time, Jesus cured many of their diseases, sufferings, and evil spirits. He also granted sight to many who were blind. And Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Jim Shaper answering your phone calls, and Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director. Father Jeremy, pastor of three parishes in the Diocese of St. Cloud, Minnesota, talking today about our relationship um, with Jesus. Uh, how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Is it a personal one? When did it become personal for you? And you know what? Maybe you're not feeling so close right now with everything going on in the world. But uh, today, how would you describe your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ? Toll-free phone number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Our email address, life at Relevant Radio. Com. Just a reminder uh, that uh, you can download the podcast of this program if you joined late.
great if you listened to all of it. If something touched your heart today, you can download the podcast after the program. It's generally up, oh, within an hour after um, we're uh, off the air at the top of the hour. But just go to the website, relevantradio.com, the Inner Life page, and download today's program. You can download any of our programs, actually. Again, the show's generally available for the download within, no oh, 30, 60 minutes after the program is over. But if the program has given you a little help, a little hope, as we like to say, share it with your friends. Tell them about it, too. Father Jeremy Plouffe, our spiritual director, our personal relationship with Jesus. So, Father Jeremy, my question to you is, when did your relationship with Jesus become personal? Uh, it's it's a good question, and I, I think it's a good question for all of us to ask. Uh, I get, uh, to be honest with you, I get a little embarrassed about it, uh, not for any good reason to get embarrassed about it, but just as 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 a guy, I think it's one, one of these things that just, it, it seems a little embarrassing at least. So I remember uh, it was, I was actually pretty young, and I wouldn't have been able to say this at the time, I'll admit, but uh, where I'm from, uh, most of us get uh, our first communion uh, at some point in second grade. We're usually eight years old or so. And uh, so oftentimes, my older brother and myself, we would be sitting by ourselves uh, at Mass because uh, our mother uh, is very involved with music at our home parish. And my father, uh, he does a lot of things around the parish, too. Sometimes he's an usher, sometimes he's a lector. So oftentimes, my brother and I would find us by ourselves, uh, in, in, uh, sitting by ourselves in the church. And I remember, uh, and again, I wouldn't have been able to put my finger on it at the time, but this was just a couple of weeks after I received Eucharist for the very first time. Uh, I came around with my brother uh, in the communion line, I received Eucharist, and I went back to our pew, and I started crying, uncontrollably crying. And of course, my brother doesn't know what to make of this. He's just a couple of years older than me. Like, what? He, I think he even turned to me saying, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and not knowing myself what was going on, I just kind of bolted for the back of the church because I knew that's where Dad would be with the rest of the ushers, making sure everything was going smoothly. And Dad, probably just as confusedly, kind of picked me up, uh, eight years old or nine years old as I was, and I tried to be like, I'm not sure what's going on here with the kid. And and I've, many years later, you learn this is the gift of tears uh, when I realized you know, what I had just had, you know, I, what it sort of clicked for me, even though we'd had a year-long preparation for our first Eucharist, even though on the Sunday of my first Eucharist, you know, I, I was told this is what you're receiving. Uh, it, sometime after that, uh, I, I, it kind of it clicked, and, and I started crying after I received a communion, and and this, uh, like I say, it's it, maybe just for me <laughs> personally, subjectively, it, it's embarrassing because I remember as well when I was ordained as a transitional deacon, I was crying uncontrollably as well, which, which at least for me seems very very embarrassing. But that that's where I would pinpoint, like I felt it. You know, it's kind of like when you when you've been missing a friend for a long time, maybe somebody you haven't seen in months or even years. Finally, you get to see that friend again with a with a great hug, and maybe there are some tears. Uh, that that's that's where I would point to it. And like I say, you know, at least for me, being the guy I am, those tears are always embarrassing for me. And and sometimes it even happens at mass when when we have a particularly beautiful uh, mass at at our parish. It's 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 uh, brings a tear to the eye. Uh, uh, that that's where I would point to to where it started for me, at least where I recognized it started. 
Yeah, but Father Jeremy, one thank you for that. But how real that is, how honest that is. And in our relationship with Jesus, that's what he's asking of us, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's it's something that, that uh, it's not something to even chase that feeling. And, and, and that's where I, I worry about, you know, some people, maybe even myself, where you could say, well, I just want that emotive experience again. I want that emotional uh, high, that, that, that really good feeling. And, and there's something to that, right? There, there's something to like, hey, there, there, there was a real thing behind that. And, but just to recognize what was that real relationship that, that brought me to tears, as opposed to just chasing that, that, that good feeling, you know? Well, you know, and I just think about my uh, own faith as a convert, and and you know, the question is, as we were talking earlier, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Was really a little threatening, and I think the answer is yes. I probably wouldn't have labeled it that way, but I think the answer is yes. But it really came home for me. One of my favorite scriptures is John fifteen sixteen, uh, the vine and the branches. This is the Last Supper discourse, and the, the scripture is, "It was not you who chose me." It was I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And uh, a couple of years ago, really for the first time, that became so incredibly personal to me. It was like that scripture was written for Chuck Neff. Nobody else gets to claim it. It's mine, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But it was, it became so personal. It was not you who cho- it was not you who did this, Chug. It was I who did this. And the the personal touch of our Lord Jesus in that scripture. In fact, I've been praying with it um, the last couple of weeks. Uh, still, it just still touches me so deeply. You know, I, I think Chuck, that's that's fantastic. That that, that and, and I, I like both of what you said. The maybe I wouldn't have been able to call it that. I wouldn't have said, you know, label it myself, a personal relationship with Jesus, but that's what was going on. And, and that, that verse you know, from John 15, uh, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you. I think that's a great one for you to claim, like, yeah, that really feels directly like it's written for you. Um, I, I wonder if everyone knows uh, Eucharistic prayer number four, which is, which is my favorite of all the Eucharistic prayers. Uh, the Church prays in Eucharistic prayer number four, uh, through disobedience, we had lost your friendship, referring to God. But you, God, did not abandon us to the domain of death, but you came in mercy to the aid of all that those who seek might find you. And time and time, and time again, you offered covenants and taught us to look forward to salvation. And, and that's exactly, I think, what you're getting at, Chuck, with John fifteen sixteen. It was not you who chose me. I've been coming after you. And um, I want to get to some phone calls, but one more story. The other thing for me, our production company, a few years ago, we did a uh, documentary through the eyes of a teenager on the Shroud of Turin. And so it's called The Holy Winding Sheet. And if you wonder what the Shroud of Turin was called before it got to Turin in 1578, it was called The Holy Winding Sheet. And there was actually a feast day, May 4th, uh, in the church back in the Middle Ages. But uh, anyway, part of uh, what we did was we went to Turin. 
And we, we took our own pictures of the shroud on public display. And it was so interesting, Father Jeremy, that when, when you would get back away from the shroud, uh, back in the back of the church, you could really see the outline of, of the image of Christ on, on the shroud. And what was so amazing to me was you, there's blood on the Shroud of Turin. It's uh, type AB, uh, which all the Eucharistic miracles, by the way, are type AB as well. But when I, was, when I was standing in the back of the church, kneeling and praying and looking at the Shroud, it, it, I realized the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us on Calvary is on that Shroud. The blood on that shroud is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you, that today still touches the depths of my heart. I, I think that, that that's a phenomenal insight, that right there, you know, you, you can see, like, this is, this is his great friendship. This is his great relationship with us. I, I'm, I'm going to bat for you, and, and, and I gave everything for you. That. Chuck, that that's powerfully told. Thank you. I, I want I want to see this this documentary of yours. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, send me an email. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> We're trying to put it in schools across the country. So we've I don't know how many we've gotten out there, but uh, it's called the Holy Winding Sheet, and uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting uh, adventure through the eyes of this uh, high school senior. So, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director, talking today about our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's head to the phones. Thanks for waiting, everyone. I do appreciate that. Let's start with Jonathan, listening in Philadelphia. Thank you for waiting, and welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. Thank you for this topic. It's a wonderful reminder of what's possible when I put in the work. Um, so I just wanted to share, um, when when I was trying to cultivate a relationship with Christ, um, the thing that catapulted me towards that was prayer before the crucifix and a devotion to the five holy wounds. And at this particular time, I was actually writing Jesus letters. And I would start off with, uh, oh, my Jesus, my King, my Savior, my one true love. So I was writing out what I needed or what I wanted from him. I needed a King, I needed a Savior, and I wanted him to be my love. Um, and we could we could do that like if we need a physician or we need a friend we could we could substitute some words. And I constantly wrote, "I want to love you more. Help me love you more." That combined with my devotion to the crucifix and the five holy wounds, there was a time, and it only happened twice, but I would lay my forehead against his chest on the crucifix. I had a very large crucifix, and I was just filled with emotion, this, this, this strange intimacy um, that was actually kind of off-putting because it was so new and so different. And being a man, feeling those feelings for the first time, I actually went to my spiritual director to see if it was okay. Um, and he was just ecstatic to hear that I was having this experience. Um, and that's when it became true. I, I, I fell in love with Jesus. Um, I've since fallen away from those devotions. You know, but hearing the, you guys talk about this, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, you know. And, and this time, now that I'm married, I've only been married for six months, my wife wants to get into the devotion of the five holy wounds so we can try to get back into that, you know, and, and putting Christ first. And that's what I wanted to share with you gentlemen today. Wow. Well, 
Jonathan, thank, thanks for that story, and congratulations on, on, on six months being married and, and many, many more happy years coming to you and your wife, I, I hope. It, I, I'm, I'm curious about this because I, I share the excitement of your spiritual director that you, you spoke of. I wonder, can you, can you tell us how, how that got started? If we, if we just take even one, one step back from where you started, like what got you to say, I'm going to pray before the crucifix, or I'm going to start a devotion to the five holy wounds of Christ. What, what, what got you to say, this is what I'm going to try, this is what I'm going to do? Uh, fortunately, I do have an answer for that. Uh, my, the same spiritual director, um, I was actually discerning with the Franciscans out in Chicago, and my spiritual director, I wanted, I wanted to do all the devotions, you know, I wanted to do everything. And she had told me, she's like, how about you just pick, pick one and see if it's fruitful. Try it for a little bit. And then if it's not, move on to another one. And that's what I did. And she gave me um, the prayer before the crucifix that is attributed to St. Francis, uh, Most High and Glorious God, that one. Um, and that's how it started. And then just me reciting that prayer and looking up at Christ, um, I had you know, doing research on, on Christ and the crucifix, and I just stumbled upon the devotion to the five holy wounds, you know, through Internet research. Sure. Mm. Well, Jonathan, I, I, I like that. I, I like that a lot, because I, I think a lot of us, too, uh, uh, even good friends of mine, I, I would, would even have that experience that you had of, of I want to do it all, right? There, there, there's countless devotions out there. I'm going to do them all. I'm, I'm going to dive in and do them all. And, and <laughs> how exciting that is to, to really have that fervor that, that some people can get. And, and, and I think the good wisdom of like, well, how about we try one at a time <laughs> as opposed to doing all of them. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about the Holy Faith. One of the countless beautiful things of the Holy Catholic Faith is that there's so many devotions and so many different ways uh, to be friends with Christ. I mean, not just as a Franciscan. I mean, but there, there's, there's goodness sakes, I don't know how many monastic uh, orders there are of different spiritualities, of different ways of, of having a strong friendship with Christ. And it's, I think it's really exciting how you dove in head first to say, I'm going to try all these devotions. And then um, I, I, I love the crucifix. I, I, it, it pains me to see uh, homes or, or churches even where the crucifix is not prominent because I, I think that that is the most important thing we, we have to, to look at in, in our prayers is the crucifix. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, and I want to say one more time, uh, congratulations on, on uh, being six months married. Indeed, indeed. Jonathan, uh, thanks uh, for joining us on the program. Just a quick follow-up. He said, put in the work. Can we make that point? We were talking about our relationship with Jesus being a two-way street. But, you know, in any good relationship, we, we have to work at it, don't we? Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you brought that to the front, Chuck. Is, is exactly. He, he did the hard work. Jonathan did some hard work of saying, like, all right, I've got to get this done. I've got to put in some effort, you know, some blood, sweat, and tears uh, to make, make sure I'm doing my part, uh, just as Christ put in his blood, sweat, and tears into his friendship with us. 
Yeah. Jonathan, uh, thanks uh, for joining us on the program today. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director, talking about a relationship with Jesus. How would you describe your relationship with Jesus, and when did that become personal for you? We'd love to hear the story. If you'd like to share it, it's a toll-free phone number for you, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. Uh, We'll be right back. Uh, You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director. Father Jeremy, a priest in the Diocese of St. Cloud, Minnesota, pastor of three parishes there in the diocese, uh, talking today about our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A little bit of time left uh, in the program today. When did your relationship with Jesus become personal? And if you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Just a real quick reminder, uh, this is the year of St. Joseph. The Holy Father proclaimed that last week, and we want to help you fully experience the year of St. Joseph. So we're offering you all kinds of resources to help you grow in your devotion to this great saint. Just go to RelevantRadio.com. You can also use the Relevant Radio app. Click on the banner, Experience the Year of St. Joseph. And when you register, we'll send you a free booklet for for the year of St. Joseph, that includes the seven sorrows and seven joys of St. Joseph, as well as the Holy Father's Prayer to St. Joseph. You will also receive a monthly spiritual reflection on St. Joseph from Father Rocky and other relevant radio voices throughout the year. And again, all you have to do is uh, go right now and sign up. Click on the banner at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. So, Father Jeremy, yesterday on the program, Father Nathan Reisman, a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, was our spiritual director. We were talking about balance in our spiritual lives, and uh, we were making the point about the importance of keeping Sunday as a day of rest and worship. And um, we made the point that uh, the reality is that sometimes our dads and moms put more emphasis on soccer games than getting to Mass. Now, there's a lot of factors that go into that. We talked about that. We understand that. But an email came in just after the show, which we couldn't get on the program yesterday. But it's a great story, and I think uh, speaks to what we're talking about today. So this is Dad sending this email. He says, our family grew up with wrestling, and now my children all enjoy the sport. Two years ago, when my oldest son was in sixth grade, the week before the Youth State Wrestling Tournament, they changed practice to Wednesday night because many of the coaches were heading down early on Thursday. Well, this interfered with our CCD program that the kids attend. And he says, I told my son that it would be okay to skip CCD that Wednesday to make it to practice just this time. And after a few minutes, he says, I'm not saying much, my son told me, Dad, as much as I want to do well down at the state tournament, I don't think it's worth skipping CCD. 
He says, It was a great reminder to me of the importance of keeping God first and foremost, and although I by no means do this perfectly, it was my 12-year-old son who gave me the reminder. I think it's such a great story. Now, they don't talk about a personal relationship with Jesus, but I'm going to bet you, Father Jeremy, the personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the life of this family and this son is very real. Absolutely. I, I think that that's a really touching story to come from the son, uh, as young as young as he is, uh, that, no, this is more important. We need to draw a line here. And, and I would underscore that, that the uh, implicit relationship with Christ, where they, they might not have said it directly, but it's clearly there, is the fact that that email and the story that the email says, is it's much bigger than two things just happen to be scheduled at the same time. Because there's always that. There's always, you know, three things you could do, and you have to pick one of them, and it's just they happen to be scheduled at the same time. That's not, I think, what's going on in the story that the email is telling. I I think it's what Pope Francis said uh, a couple of years ago, where he said, Christianity, the holy faith, is not just one ornament on your Christmas tree. You know, your your whole life is, is soaked, is to be soaked in the holy faith. That's what you do. And the, the this family's friendship, this family's clear friendship with, with Christ is saying, we need to make a point of saying, this is our priority. And, and we're, we're going to make sure decisions are made to maintain that friendship. So I, I think it's, it's a really inspiring story because it's much bigger than two things just happen to be scheduled at the same time. It's yeah. about making a priority. Yeah. To our dad, thanks for sending the story. It's a great story. Glad we could uh, get it on today and make it work. Father Jeremy Plouffe, our spiritual director, talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's take a phone call. Peter, listening in Washington County, Wisconsin. Thank you for the call. Welcome to the program today. Well, we may have lost him. Okay. Well, we'll see if we get Peter back. Yeah, he he was. I we um, Jim Shaper, our call screener, just in the in the chat box, is talking about. Uh, he was just talking about as he got older, he realized that uh, he was a bit frightened of uh, of a relationship with Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if if um, if we think we might get too close, and what is that going to mean? And I wonder if there sometimes is some fear in taking the step into a deeper relationship with Jesus. I, I think those are good words, uh, and. That that is that is something too of of the cost of of the friendship. Like this this might mean I have to change who I am. This might mean I I realize things that all right I, I have to go in a different direction than I've been going, or or even uh, take up responsibilities that I might not have anticipated. I mean, I, you think of Blessed Mother, for example. Of uh, she wouldn't have uh, presumably predicted that that she would be having the weighty responsibility that she was entrusted with, uh, and and with her relationship with God the Father and her trust in God the Father. That's exactly what she had to do. And uh, sorry, Peter, I hope I uh, kind of uh, interpreted what you were going to talk about, but I just think it's important when we uh, talk about our relationship with Jesus to recognize, yeah, it might be a little, be a little threatening, might, uh, might be um, a little bit um, frightening at times. So let me ask you a question. I may set off a firestorm here, but uh, hey, I'm the show host, so I get to do what I want. <laughs> well, we talk about our relationship with Jesus, and certainly among our um, our non-Catholic uh, brothers and 
sisters, our Protestant brothers and sisters. I mean, they do profess a personal relationship with Jesus, but I think the reality is many of them kind of reject, if I can use that word, reject Mary. And I wonder if we don't respect the mother, can we have a relationship with the son? I think that's good words right there, and and I I think it's 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 huge for for anyone to realize that, you know, I, I mean Elizabeth in the gospel talking about Mary, uh, Elizabeth said uh, I, I don't have the exact verse in front of me here, but Elizabeth said, "Blessed are you, Mary, because you believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled," and and that's even even echoing what Archangel Gabriel said to, to her, saying, Blessed are you. Hail, favored one, blessed are you. And, and it, it's so huge to think that Christ is entrusting his mother to be our mother also. And and it, it's, it, it's, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say that they're anything but inseparable, the two of them, the blessed mother and, and Christ. And, and that that's her whole thing of, like, I'm pointing you, uh, to Christ. So I, I agree with you entirely, Chuck, that it's it's hard to see them as anything but inseparable. Well, and then and you hear it, I hear it, everybody hears it, that we give Mary too much emphasis. But th- when we talk about Mary on this program, and I really think all across the network, Mary is always pointing to Jesus, always calling us into a deeper relationship with him first. Right. Right, and and uh, you can you can add into that mix, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, uh, who who famously said, uh, "Never be afraid of loving the Virgin Mary, uh, because you can never love her more than Christ did." And, and that's exactly it—that she's pointing us towards Christ. And you need look no further than the crucifixion, where where you know the apostles, save for Holy Apostle John, fled in fear, uh, but Blessed Mother, you know, shows us shows us what to do. And, and I think that's that's so key to what Blessed Mother did is it's it's just like Christ. Christ doesn't just just say like here's what you have to do. I'm going to put my feet up. Christ leads by his own example. He shows us what to do. And Blessed Mother, as the first and the best Christian, she's right in line. She doesn't point at us and say you go kneel before my son. She is the one who shows us exactly, here's what the best Christian ought to do, and she leads by her own example, which which is just amazing. Yeah. A quick email for you, back to your story earlier in The Gift of Tears. And our emailer says, I've never heard of the gift before. Very frequently during my morning devotions, the tears just come for no reason. Sometimes I basically am what she calls a blubbering mess. <laughs> Great description. She wants to know, how can I know that this is what I am experiencing? Can you talk a little bit about the gift of tears? Sure, sure. And sorry, I, I don't know the name of this emailer, but but I, I share that. In fact, one of, one of my classmates in seminary, when, when uh, I was finished with my ordination to the transitional diaconate, uh, shaking my hand after Mass, he said, you were a blubbering mess up there, so the exact same <laughs> words, so, so I share that. And, and I think there, there's something about the inspiring thing of, of, of prayer and sacred scripture. I think even, sometimes even when I'm reading 
the gospel at mass like it, it's kind of welling up and 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 i'll admit again i, I am embarrassed to say this it, it doesn't seem like something i should be proud of in some sense of me but the gift of tears is, is this beautiful recognition of like this is a powerful thing christ is working powerfully maybe in the sacred scriptures or in our own lives especially when we're at prayer to say like this is a really profound joy this is a really big moment uh, in the Holy Faith, in, in, in sacred scripture, or in our own individual prayers. And I think even another example that we might point to is a lot of people find that the gift of tears comes after they're doing charitable works. of Like, you know, maybe they sacrificed uh, their own money or finances or their own time and effort to do something for the poor or to do something to help people have stronger faith. And maybe even just walking home or driving home after that, there's just this wellspring of tears because it was such a moving thing to be able to do good works or have really wonderful prayer. And that, yeah. that's the core of, of the gift of tears. Yeah. To our emailer, hope that uh, was helpful to you today. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director. We just don't have a lot of time and won't be able to get to the rest of our phone calls. But uh, one final question for you, Father Jeremy, when we talk about our relationship with Jesus, is it okay to get angry? <laughs> sure, sure. That, that, there, there's something to be said about that. There, there's something to be said. Although I, I would Again, bringing back uh, the first reading for Mass just today, maybe providentially from Isaiah 45, Isaiah does warn, uh, before God shall come all those, uh, for, before God shall come in shame all those who vent their anger against him. So, so there, there is some warning from Holy Prophet Isaiah there. But I, I think that the anger thing is, it's, it's not that anger is, you're doing something wrong, you're bad. It's, it's, Let's not use the anger to say, I'm right, God is wrong. And that, that's what Isaiah is getting at with his warning. When we're getting upset or angry, that's a key to us to, to understand, like, wait a minute, if we're defending our own territory against God, putting us, like, against each other, like, we're, we're on really bad ground there. But, but there is a real purpose uh, to recognizing, hey, if I'm getting angry, that might mean maybe I'm not brave enough to, to follow Christ in this way, or, or maybe it just means I need to take a break and reevaluate what's going on. Anger itself, not, not a bad thing. Uh, but as Holy Prophet Isaiah warned in Mass just this morning, the reading for Mass just this morning, let's not use anger to sort of defend territory, putting ourselves in opposition to God's will or Christ's uh, will for our life. That's, that's where I would say to that. Father Jeremy Plouffe is our spiritual director. We have to wrap things up. And Father, I know you know, we like to close this program with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Very good. Through the holy season of Advent, Lord Jesus Christ, renew us in our love of you and renew us in your recognition of your friendship with us that we may recognize that you are always near. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Jeremy Plouffe, a pleasure uh, to have you on the program today. Thanks for joining us. And if you joined us late, download the podcast. Great insights from Father Jeremy today on our relationship with Jesus. Stay tuned. We're celebrating Mass coming up next. Don't forget 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. We're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.